Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real story stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Liam O'Neill, the Prove It Guy and founder of social media management and content creation business, Videos for Coaches, who helps coaches and creators get more views and subscribers in less time. Well, fantastic. Liam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on you know where you are with your business today and the kind of people you love working with? Yeah. So where I am at the minute is I work mainly with teaching people how to improve their social media content, how to improve their channels so that when people land on them, they want to stay there, and then how to make content that elevates their business. The main thing that I suppose I do is teach people that it's, this is going to sound terrible, but it's easy and it's fast when you know what you're doing. Because it's the first two things people... It's really hard and I hate doing it. I'm like, nah, it's easy and fast if you know what you're doing. Same as anything, the more you learn. So I was going to say, that's every single thing in the world. Once you know what yeah. you're doing and how to do it, it becomes clearer. But until that point comes, shit, it's overwhelming. Yeah, but but just like you said there, that's everything. And I would say to people, you have learned how to do, so say if I'm working with a personal trainer, you've learned everything there is about personal training. You learn it, it's easy now. It's the same idea, like learn to be on camera. It gets easier. The more you do it, the easier easier it'll become and it's like a wee light bulb where they go that makes so much sense you know like yeah so i try to teach people that we already we already know how to do all this sort of stuff we're interacting with people anyway in our business Mm. it's not like i'm trying to get you to mix social media stuff on wolverine from the marvel universe you're going i don't know anything about that exactly so it's going to be difficult i'm trying to get you to talk about what you claim to love and are passionate about which my favorite part of the job is when people come back to me and say, you really have ignited the passion back in what I do because I hated the thought of doing content and I put it off so much that even in my classes, I'd be thinking, I have to do some content after this or maybe I should have recorded that. But now because the content's easy, I actually have ignited more spark in what I'm doing. So that would be the gist of where I'm at at the minute. How I got here is a longer story. <laughs> Where where the Prove It guy even came from, I suppose, is a longer story, if you want me to touch on that. Well, let's jump to that in a minute. But Liam, I want to talk about, you know, that that perspective, getting people back into their passion and understanding it. So, yeah, that I have to do all these social media things, or I have to do these posts, or I have to do these emails. And uh, I think what you just said there was perfect. You, those things that you, you claim to love to do. And that's quite a, a jab to the ribs, as comments yeah. go. However, it's, I think it's kind of true and it's beautifully holds everyone accountable. Hey, you're good at this. 
hey, you, you know your stuff and you obviously enjoy this. How can you get that enjoyment back into it? So what what do you find time and time again that your clients are, are kind of struggling with that's the real challenge behind the fact they can't do what they need to do online? They're not good at talking to camera. And you're like, yes, of course you're not. You shouldn't be good at talking to camera. You've never done it before. So if I was to teach you to do a deadlift, I wouldn't go, this is how you do a deadlift. Go and do it. And then never, ever, I'd come back every time you touch the bar and be like, no, you're doing that. I would keep tweaking. So I say to people, you're expecting yourself to be amazing at something you've never done before. Mm. Then you're going to learn that your voice actually sounds different when you hear it back because it's something like 85% is bone conduction. So when you hear it back to yourself, you're like, that's not... Is that how I sound? You're like, yeah, you sound whiny all the time. Let's <laughs> try to pull that out of you and make it better. So it's literally just a lack of knowledge. They think they should be good at this. They're not good at it. So they go, I'm not good at that. I'll just never do it. And you're like, like leg day. I never do leg day because it's too hard and I don't like it. No, you have to. And you're like, yeah, but the better, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I think the first thing is, is that and then the second thing that comes out after we get over the shyness on camera is they're afraid of being called out like what if I, what if i sound stupid and like who cares you sound like you so if you sound stupid you probably are who cares it's your level that you're at and my my example is always do you ever think like tony robbins david goggins joe rogan do you think people call them out yeah and they're the top of their field so you're going to get called out no matter what you do it doesn't matter like they're i got i've been literally called out on stage like i've been on stage and told that i'm full of shit you're full of shit i'm like all right thanks and then they don't know what to do anymore because i haven't fed that fire with i am not i'm qualified in this and this like it doesn't matter to me i know my intention and that's what i try to get across to my clients if your intention is to serve and to teach the people that want to be served by you and want to learn from you are and who are in a lower position like knowledge wise not lower as a lower person but knowledge wise if i know a bit more than you then i can teach you so that's why i would always say to them that you're not worried about the people that are going to give you shit. you're you're thinking about the people that are going to have that light bulb moment of so I can change. I work with a lot of personal trainer coaches. So that's why I go that direction a lot. Mm-hmm. But they're, the person that sits and goes, so I don't need to go and lift a hundred kilo deadlift. That guy says I can go and just do a bar deadlift. I could do that. And having that one person that listens and goes and starts to improve. That's for me, that's what it's about. So those two things are the main problems I find. Not good at camera mm-hmm. because they don't do it. And then worried about what other people will think because they're a big fish in their small pond. And once they open that up to the world, they mightn't be as knowledgeable. So, mm. And those two things that fucking terrifying to a lot oh, of people, yeah. as are most things. <laughs> yeah. Bit of practice. Keep on doing it. Things do become easier. It's understanding. I think reframe was probably the biggest thing you said there. Just to get a reframe yeah. what it is. Okay, what are you actually trying to achieve? What do you want to do with this? Is it, is it to teach? Is it to help? Is it to guide? If it is, bring that energy in rather than the the fear or the doubt or the ah, oh, I need this to, I need this to do this. That's yeah. not going to help. That's that flavor is 
not great. So, no. anyway, beautiful bits of advice there. So you're you're a mixed story. So let's let's yeah. sort of quickly sort of go through this because the, the amount of experience you have in different areas is like, oh my gosh, this is there are so many different angles that you can bring to everything that you do. So give us give us the highlights. So I'll do the very quick version. So when I left school with absolutely zero, I was actually told I'd be in jail or the army by the time I was 16. That was my career path. Um, I randomly found a Kung Fu magazine in a shop that I worked in and phoned the back. You're not supposed to do this, so don't do this. But I phoned a number on the back of the magazine and was like, can I come and visit you and be a Kung Fu man? And they agreed. And I moved to London to study kung fu i never even did pe at school like i never did any exercise so how kung fu became something i got interested in but it just became my life and I, i've been training now for over 21 years i've trained under loads of different masters i've lived with masters i've got behind the curtains i've performed in trafalgar square in front of mm. chinese new year and stuff i've done loads of that but i noticed when i was te teaching kung fu that i loved the fighting aspect of it i loved just getting involved. But I noticed that my students were loving the training, but they didn't, they weren't progressing in any other area of their life. And then this just became their sole focus. The fitter I am, the harder I am, the, the more flexible I am. And I was like, well, what, 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 what's that going to do with your life life? And then I realized that there's more to life than just being able to kick ass. You have to like mentally be able to kick ass as well. So a saying that I use quite a bit is you need a strong body to hold a strong mind, whereas most people just seem to work on one or the other. Um, so I started studying hypnosis, NLP, linguistics, and then same thing with Kung Fu. I just got absorbed. I found the masters. I trained with them. I learned as much as I could. Because I had a Kung Fu background, I was able to get indoors that other people couldn't get into because I could demonstrate some crazy stuff. Um, then along the way, I just ended up mentoring some pole dancers and taking a bet that I could be a pole dancer and ended up in the championships of pole dancing. I was a kickbox Chinese kickbox, same thing. I was asked by a student, what does it feel like to compete in Chinese kickboxing? And I went, I don't know, leave it with me. Two months later, I was a British champion Chinese kickboxer going, it, it feels like this. <laughs> this is, so now I have real life experience. Um, and then I just started testing things. I, I was on Ninja Warrior, failed miserably, fell in the water. Um, got on it by breaking a chapstick on my throat. At the interview, they were like, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? And I was like, I'll just show you. And I put a chapstick on my throat and smashed it. Uh, you can see that on my TED Talk. I have a TED Talk as well that I did, and I smashed a chapstick with it. And ever since then, I've just been working with people. I ended up in different tv shows and stuff off the back of what i can do i got in with stunt teams things like that and started started on started my corporate career as a magician i lived with a magician when i was studying kung fu and i mixed hold on okay what <laughs> don't you do oh my gosh yeah there's such a wide variety here it's it's kind of fascinating i think you've picked up so much skills and traits and experiences and so many it's it's all like, I'm just thinking the people listening to this will think they've started listening to it in double speed because I turned Irish when I, I was trying to get all that out. Um, I've wrote a book as well. Um, it's all linked. I just, I want to learn 
mental, physical, and emotional, spiritual strength. Mm. But it's pointless if I just sit in my house, be like, look how strong I am and spiritual, but by myself, it's pointless. So I'm like, right. Do you think you could do that? Don't know. Like, I, like I've said before, I've been on, I've been called out on stage. I've been asked real intricate questions and I've said, like, rather than get embarrassed, I just say on stage, I don't know the answer to that. Same as if you ask me something, I don't know the answer to it. I don't know the answer to that. Leave your email address and I will find out and get back to you. And I have enough network now that I can just reach out to somebody and go, I was asked mm. this. So, for example, when I was doing the, the hypnotherapy and things like that, I learned hypnotherapy first off as a street hypnotist like doing all sticking people to the floor and making their bottles of beer heavy and making sober people drunk and drunk people sober. And then people start asking me questions like, can you help me stop smoking? And I used to say, yeah. And then I would make the cigarette really heavy so they couldn't lift it. And I would laugh and then they would go, that's amazing. And then they would stop smoking. And I go, I probably should learn how this is done properly. And they'd ask me. you can wield it in the right way. Yeah, because I, I thought it was a bit of crack. I'll just do that. It'll be quite funny and they'll laugh it off and then they'll just go and smoke. But the fact that they were like, they'd come back later and be like, I haven't smoked this whole night. I'm like, that's a dangerous thing for me to know to do when I don't know what I'm doing. So I ended up studying that because, again, when I performed magic, I was a mentalist. When I performed mental feats, people would ask me, like, oh, if you can make me do that, can you then help me with my anxiety? And I'd hate saying no. So I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'll find out. Book in in a week and then I'd find out how to do it. And now I end up spending years delving into all of that stuff. So it's all, to me, it's it's it does seem mental, all of the mad stuff I've done. Mm. But it's all massively linked back. And then it helps with what I'm doing now because as a business owner, I've trained corporate. So I've trained corporate in in um brand building before i did just the video stuff in brand building i've trained them in becoming a team and being unique uh, as a workforce and i've trained how to like hire management how to delegate and how to manage people in a controlled way so when i when i'm asked to help rebrand a business i get the business when they give me enough information i get it i can interact with everyone i've been there i know what's happening and i can move that way when a coach comes to me and asks about like one of the things I'm doing is really struggling with content. I'm like, that's because you're thinking of content as a separate entity to knowledge, the knowledge you have, that's got you here to own your own business is your content. Let's make you the content and then we'll take it from there. So it is a bit of a mental journey, but it, to me, it's all linked. On this show, we, we, we talk about the roller coaster, the world of, of a business owner, the ups, the downs, the yeah. the challenges, the, the the worries, the fears that go alongside that. Your initial journey is it's picking up experience and going following what you want, maybe also following by not being able to say no or curiosity. So it sounds like there's an awful lot of different journeys going on there that's brought you to where you are today. What was it for you personally that really fueled all these different avenues? For a long time, I, I didn't know. I just thought I was an inquisitive person and just liked to go. But I, actually, it was a conversation with my mom that was like, you don't like to be beat. It's such a weird thing. I'm not competitive, but I don't like to be beat. 
So when I, when I did some deep work on myself, I realized it was the people at school telling me I was a failure and that I should be in the special class. And that I just, I just did not learn that way. Like for example, in maths, I'd be given a math sum and I'd come up with the answer and I'd be told it's wrong. And I'd go, God, I thought that was right. And they go, no, the, the, the end result is correct. How you got there is wrong. And I'm like, that makes no sense. I, how that doesn't make any sense, but they, I didn't work out the way they wanted me to. Mm. So being told all of that and then leaving and being told I'd be in jail or the army and like growing up, just not having, we didn't have money growing up. I didn't have any, anything really any prospects mm. or any idea the first time i went into the martial arts club and we sparred and i was asked have i ever sparred before and i didn't even know what sparred meant like that's how green i was that i didn't have a clue and i went in and sparring was pretend fighting and the first time i got hit I, my brain just said your brother hits you harder than that for the crack when you were watching wrestling so I just picked it up really well and got quite good at it quite fast um, realized I was a visual learner. I could watch a form and then repeat it. Whereas if you handed it and write and I'd go, right, what does this do? Now I've trained myself to learn from all aspects, but initially, mm. so I think it was just the case of, I was told I would get nowhere and do nothing. And I, I want to show that's where the prove it gang came from. I want to show everyone no matter what you do that you can like i have a client at the minute that's i think she said she was 72. my oldest ever client was 89. my youngest ever when i was a rick doing ricky my youngest ever client i suppose with the same word was two days old so i have worked with a full spectrum here of ages and people and i, and I my goal is just to teach everyone that they can be anything. And that's where the prove it guy came from. People would always say to me after a talk, it's all right for you. There's something special about you. I'm like, there's not, there's not, I am, I have nothing, only practice and like teachings. I'll prove to you that you can do it as well. And then people would call, oh, you think you're the prove it guy? And I'm like, well, that'll do. I will be the prove it guy and I'll prove to you that you can do it as well. And then so that's where it all stands from. I think just being told I wouldn't amount to anything and then realizing that I could, and there's a mm. faster way than doing it than the, like I worked in bars for 13 years. I hated everything about it, but it paid the money to do the courses. But if I had me back then, I'd be like, don't do all that stupid stuff. Go on this path. It's much faster instead of going over here and climbing that mountain to get as highly qualified as I could to go here. And they're like, you don't even need that. Yeah. But it sounds like with, with your journey, you've maybe there's certain things that you think, hey, I could have bypassed that or didn't need that. But one thing has led to another. So it's all good about saying you shouldn't do this. It's finding that nuance. It's finding that approach yeah. of what, what's right for you. And sometimes it's like, I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea what I want. Yeah. Right? So that's so why where you just take your business. Do everything. Well, so oh. where do you take your business now? Where are you evolving to? Because, you know, we were chatting away offline and it sounds like you're in this, this new transition, which is, okay, what what is the right thing for me right now? Where where am I going? How do I best utilize all this good that I have? Well, initially, when I, how I got into video editing, I've always been editing for coaches that I knew on the side, their courses and a few wee videos. And I was coaching people myself and then the lockdowns all happened. So I lost a lot of public work, mm. um, in-person work. And then 
I made a video for a coach and he, he loved it and he said, I'll, I would pay to do that. And I just thought, I really love making videos and I'm not enjoying yeah. what I'm doing at the minute. So I'm just going to do video editing. And for about two months, I was a video editor. But then when people talk to me or I would watch the videos and I would think, oh, a wee tip would help him. I'll just send a wee tip. Here's a wee tip for you. And then they'd come back with, that really improved this. Have you any more? And I go, ah, well, if you did this and if you did that, that would help too. And then it just sort of evolved from, I'm just a video editor guy, leave me alone in my wee office and my editing videos to content management, to content creation. And now- Is it, almost, is it, is it just that yeah, you, you, have, yeah, you have your little studio, but there's a little door in there that you open the door, it's like, holy shit, there's a, there is a world of experience and understanding and, yeah. and nuances to it that you can dig into at any point. Yeah, I kind of thought that I, I had to lock that door for being a video editor, man. Mm. But I, I, I'm realizing now that I am not individually all the things that I've done. I am a, like a symbiote of it all. I'm a, a accumulation of it all. I, like, so when, when people talk to me, I can't turn off the linguistic part of my brain that's like oh I see the way they said that they're they're not going to do this this week because they're struggling so I'm going to need to say to them you know what maybe we should take a week off mm. don't do any content for a week and and sometimes I'll just because people are so um hard on themselves or macho or whatever you want to call it sometimes I'll just mix something up oh there's a change in the algorithm coming just you take a week off just to give them that wee week of freedom to settle back down so I can't actually turn off I noticed I can't turn off those parts of me and now I'm realizing that they are what I am, who I am, rather than seg segmenting myself into today I'm a video guy, today I'm a podcast guest, tomorrow I'm an editor, creator, you know. Um, and then you're a therapist as you guide <laughs> them through the process. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So with that, so you, you understand so much about other people and yourself through this process. You probably learn more about yourself than a lot of people do. Yeah. So where, where is it going to take you going forward? What, what do you actually want to do? Are you still playing with, okay, how can I, where's the next step? What's the next iteration of this? What do, what's going to light you up? Well, at the minute, I love this and I love seeing people post their content and be happy about it. I, I, again, I don't care about their views. And some of my clients have come back and they're still solely view focused. And they'll say, that only got 500 views. And I'm like, how many leads did it get for you? I've got about seven leads. How many of them did you convert? I think it's four. How many people did you convert last month? Two. So in this one video alone, we've converted four people. Sure, that's better than a million people see in your video. What's like, what again, what's your point? So I, I love seeing that and being able to change the perspective. So now they don't care about views. They don't care about likes. They don't care about comments. They care about their main goal, which is grow their business. Hmm. So you get 10 people watch your video or a thousand people watch it. And out of those 10, five people become followers, three become clients. And out of the thousand, you get 20 likes. Oh, cool. That was nice. So getting people to realize what's important about their business, 
takes that stress off. So I've everything I've done, if you take everything away, it's always about helping. I always just wanted to help people. When when I was training martial arts and working in the bars, I started teaching the door staff control and restraint for free because I figured if they learned it, it would be safer than what they were doing. So it's still protecting the people. And everything that I've done for my business is to support my family. Like that's my end goal is for us. I'd love us to have like a wee communal hippie-esque type place, but not super hippie, but just where nobody else can bother me. I like having my space and my wee river and and my- Right, yeah. I want that. I'd love that. They might want it, but if I pay for it all, then they'll be happy enough, I think. That's that's what I'm thinking. so I just I just love helping people. And when I was a coach in my own, there was only there was a cap to how many people I could help. Whereas when I am a coach for coaches and they then go out and coach, like the cap now is like massive. Like there's people that are being helped. They will never even hear of me or or know who I am or anything. Like recently I was talking to a client and they were saying they were doing a talk and they did, I teach you a wee finger switch game. And they were like, I did the finger switch game and people loved it. And they've come back to me about how that has, has helped them with their anxiety and with their stress. They don't know who I am and will never probably ever know who I am, but I have affected their life in a positive way. So the whole. Yeah. Indirect oh, impact. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's the goal. Nice. Hey, Liam, thank you so much for sharing not only your business, but your history and the journey <laughs> yeah. that you've been on, um, helping others to realize that yeah, you know, anyone can be anything. Yeah. I love that. Liam, if, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Videos for coaches. If you just look up videos for coaches, you'll find me everywhere and the prove it guy. I don't do as much as the prove it guy since I started doing videos for coaches, but either or you'll find me there. Awesome stuff. Well, Liam, thanks again for sharing and being with us today. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. See you next time. Bye.